Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59, 27-point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free one-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to servicepatriots.com. Portland, if you've ever wondered where to get your blazers, ducks, and bees. It's right here on the airwaves of 1080. 1080 to fan with Danny and Dusty. It's Danny and Dusty and Rust from noon till 3. All right, now number two, Danny and Dusty with you. Thanks for being a part of our day, letting us be a part of yours. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers are heading back to the Super Bowl. Um... We have a rematch of the Super Bowl that uh, was 2020, the year that we all remember fondly. Yes, very, very, very fondly. God, to save us all. I will just say between 2018 and probably like two months ago, mm-hmm. it's all the same. Yeah. Yeah, one big year. Yeah. it's When I heard that, I was like, oh, boy, that sucked. That was a... That was, about, that was about the beginning of the end. Dumper of a year. Yeah. It was literally the beginning of the end. Yeah, it really was. Um, but they're heading to Vegas, and uh, the 49ers erased a... I mean, look, this is It looked like an incredible. unconquerable deficit, the way that game was going. Down 24-7 at halftime. And it felt, felt might as well have been 40-7. to Oh, absolutely. San Francisco could do nothing. Nothing right. Yet they were this little engine that could, mm-hmm. and when they were down fourteen nothing, they stuck to what they who they are and what they are, which is they ran the ball with Christian McCaffrey. I loved what the, when Detroit came out early, they just pounded the rock. It is exactly what I thought Baltimore was going to do. What the Detroit Lions came out mm-hmm. doing early, getting to the edges, setting the edges, and saying, "We know where your weakness is, and we, we were going to bludgeon you mm-hmm. over the head with it." And they did it. They got to the edge over and over and over, and you know they get the big break from Jameson. But other than that, it was just eight yards, well, nine yards, eight yards, nine yards. Penne Sewell, a man possessed. Mm-hmm. They, ben Johnson was in his bag, getting mm-hmm. creative with motioning your right tackle across the formation and having him lead block. Like he was knocking dudes over, pointing at them in the middle of a play and laughing, mm-hmm. and then going find somebody else. Go to kill, kill somebody else in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. That is unheard of. It's what, him and Trent Williams. What the, the, Penne that's, Sewell is that's doing. That's the list. Yet through all of this, San Francisco just said, uh, "This we know who we are, and we're not going to change who we are." Mm-hmm. And what I see is like lessons learned along the way. And this is why I'm not going to criticize or crush uh, Dan Campbell, just like I didn't Dan Lanning on going forward on fourth down mm-hmm. in those situations. No, they are who they are. And you, I, I tweeted out a graphic after the game yesterday that uh, coming into the playoffs mm-hmm. where it's the uh, CPOE, the expected average gained by decisions during the regular season. 
and it had the four coaches in the championship game. Coming into the playoffs, Dan Campbell was so far above every other coach in expected win percentage added based on his decision-making. He was at 93% win percentage added over the season. The next closest coach in that group was Andy Reid at 33%. Yeah. Dan Campbell's done an incredible job. They are who they are based on his decisions and their processes for going for what they did all year long. And I think that lessons along the way are what get you to that point to make those decisions, right? And if you don't learn from them, that is when you start getting the criticisms. And I think that Dan Campbell has learned a very costly and valuable lesson on on some of those decision makings. But I also think that we've seen Kyle Shanahan, who's been criticized for his play calling in big games and late in games, see the 28-3 meltdown against the Patriots in the Super Bowl, where he went away from what they were, right? And it was like, just do what it takes to win the game. Well, San Francisco held their identity down 14 nothing mm-hmm. and said we're just going to keep chopping away at this thing. It's it doesn't matter that we gave up the most points for a visiting team in the first half in conference championship mm-hmm. game history. 24 points by the way, that's a, a record. Mm-hmm. No visiting team has ever scored and 24 they, and a half. And they did it in a manner that was dominant. The Lions. Wasn't it weird though to see that field goal at the end of the half, that 21 yarder? That's what an extra point used to be. Mm-hmm. And I just remember going, this is so close. When I was watching, I was like, mm-hmm. Badgley is so close. Now that it's been backed up. Now yeah. we back it way up. It's like, huh, that little good, chip shot was good rule what change. we used to have. It is a gr- That's a great rule yeah. change. There's a little bit of spiciness to it now. Yeah, it's a little Not bit much, more just difficult. A little, just a little Emerald Lagasse, bam. Uh, yeah, kick it up a notch yeah. a little bit. But it was... They stuck with what they what they knew, and then what did San Francisco do coming out in the second half? They came out firing. Mm-hmm. They went deep. They went to Brandon Ayuk. They were like, "All right, we are going to gash stumbled, you on the edges, the Brandon Ayuk edges of your secondary deep, mm-hmm. and we are going to try to crush your soul mm-hmm. that way." And Brock Purdy played an exquisite second half. And look, he played as good a second half as he played a bad first half. We call it turnover luck, right? Mm-hmm. Turnover luck. And boy, did he have just a horseshoe shoved up his rear end on that throw. Two weeks in a row, Darnell Savage had a walk-in pick six. I mean, that, And then this one, it bounces doink. off the face mask of a defender because he's Detroit a DB. secondary suck. But also, he's a DB. And Brandon Ike's like, whoop. Like, he Thank was you. so far away from that ball. It bounced four <laughs> yards. And he's like, oh, look what I found. And uh, it was, there is a luck involved. There's luck with any team yeah. getting, and you could say the same thing for like as skilled as Patrick Mahomes is running around for seven seconds. And that throw nine times luck. out of 10 to Travis Kelsey is not only not complete to Travis Kelsey, it's intercepted. Yeah. Well, seven out of 10, it's complete to Travis Kelsey, but for everybody else, yeah, it's yeah. not, yeah. you know, like but a there's ball that just involved. fluttered through the middle of the field. That's getting intercepted. And so San Francisco said, no, the way that we're going to apply pressure is just by staying slow and steady, right? And that's what that's what the great mm-hmm. teams do. And San don't Francisco, get away from who you are, who your identity is, what you're built on. And if you were going to ask me coming into this game who was going to be more of that, I would have said the guys in blue, not getting away because of Dan Campbell. Because what has been the knock on Kyle Shanahan? He gets away from it. He yeah. gets away from it, particularly when what. They get behind. He does not come from behind. I thought it was, we saw two games in a row 
Kyle Shanahan has had a steady hand. Which, in the past, has been, the if you're going to put a red mark on his name, that was it. It absolutely is. And I think that gives, it should give 49er fans a little bit of that confidence mm-hmm. heading into the Super Bowl, where they are favored, like, it was at one point when I checked last. Yeah, it opened at, what, three and a half? It got bet down to one immediately. Well, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, but there is, you, you can take that solace in the fact that Shanahan, two weeks in a row, has just said, no, 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 we're going to do what we do. And they trusted Brock Purdy. Purdy was awesome, keeping plays alive, running for first downs, creating extra time and keeping his eyes downfield. I was... I think that I've always been impressed with Brock Purdy. I thought that this was the game where he just said, all right, everybody shut up. I let it all hang out, particularly in the second half. That was that was incredible, but then we saw the power of momentum mm-hmm. in football. And the power of momentum in football. Mo's real. Mo, there's no more Mo being real than in football. Because you get physically dominated mm-hmm. in it. And that's what San you, Francisco You, you get, get to put hands on people. That's you, the difference. You saw pressure applied by Kansas City, mm-hmm. kind of just squeezed Baltimore. You saw the same thing in a, in a completely different way with San Francisco because they were playing from behind. They used momentum, and they said, now it's on you to Keep make up. the plays. And Josh Reynolds had two big drops. Ugh. You had, <laughs> I mean, those those drops are, are brutal. The fourth down one, that's a tough catch, sure. right? That, that, that's he- a tough catch. But at the same time, those are championship plays. But the Lions in general treated that ball like a grease pig in the second half. And there's also what both of the teams did that ended up winning, created turnovers. Mm-hmm. They they weren't gifted turnovers. No. They created No, the Zay Flowers turnovers. fumble, as much as we kind of, you know, protect the ball, all those kind of things, that's jumping over the top and punching the ball out. Yep. That's a football play. That's not luck. That's technique. That's execution. That's making a play in real time. Same thing on a rookie running back in in the biggest momentum swing mm-hmm. of that game. Like we can talk about going for it on fourth downs all we want when and you're how in you field goal range. To give Gibbs earlier. But at when you think about what they did, they created the turnover. Mm-hmm. They forced the yeah. turnover and they were unable to seal that that ball bouncing off the helmet. And where you're sitting there like, dude, that's an interception. Mm-hmm. How does the game change? And unable on to get that? Debo down. Like there's just there's so many times in that second half where you had opportunities and the football gods flipped the coin and said no. And San Francisco made the plays, yeah. man. They made the plays. It's, it, it's you. You're getting the opportunities, and in those opportunities, you came up wanting. Mm-hmm. Momentum is as real as it gets mm-hmm. because. If you have a team on the opposite side that reacts to it, that's where it becomes that much more real. In Detroit, as as brutal as it as brutal as that meltdown was, and that was tough to watch, man. That was tough to watch because it was just like gacking it away. Mm-hmm. Plays were there to to be made, and they just didn't. No. And that's the thing is, it wasn't because they didn't have the opportunity. Golly. That's that's what's that's what's so killer about that game, and why we'll talk about what Dan Campbell said, you know, following that game, and then the likelihood of them being back in that position again. Let's uh, let's get to a little bit of what Dan Campbell said because I loved it, man. I, I you we heard it again from him, even losing. It was the the way that you go, man. This is 
a, a, a special season and a crushing loss for the Detroit Lions. Danny Dusty on the fan. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. Danny and Dusty on the fan. San Francisco 49ers hold on. They uh, erase a 17-point deficit, which is incredible to think about in a conference championship game. And they do it on the heels of Christian McCaffrey, momentum swings. Brandon Ayuk came up huge in the second half for the 49ers, and Brock Purdy did something that no quarterback has ever done with his numbers. I mean, he was all over the field with his legs, with his arm, decision-making, magic, bouncing off players' helmets. It was incredible to see, but you got the feeling after the game that Dan Campbell knows what happens to a team that has a special run and you Mm -hmm. exceed the expectations like they did this year. Your roster gets pillaged, your coaching staff gets pillaged, Mm -hmm. and everybody in your division puts the bullseye on you. And that's what made me kind of appreciate Dan Campbell coming up after and just being as real as it gets after the game. So those guys, this may have been always on. Do I think that? No. Do I believe that? No. However, I, I know how hard it is to get here. I, I'm well aware. And it'll be, it's going to be twice as hard to get back to this point next year than it was this year. That's, that's the reality. And if we don't have the same hunger and the same work, which is a whole other thing, once we get the offseason, um, then we got no shot of getting back here. I don't care how much better we get or what we add or what we drive. It's irrelevant. Um, it's going to be tough. But in our division, is going to be loaded back up. And, uh, you know, you're not hiding from anybody anymore. Everybody's going to want a piece of you, and uh, which is fine, you know, which is fine. But um, so it's hard. You want to make the most of every opportunity. And we, we had an opportunity, and we just couldn't close it out. That's, uh, it does stink. It's real, man. No, I mean, think about it. You know, conference rise, 
the Eagles, do they bounce back? Probably. The the Rams, do they have something else in them? Do the Bucks get better? The Packs in their own the Packers in their own division are going to get better. The Vikings are going to get healthy at quarterback. The Cow now the Cowboys aren't. We don't need to worry about that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, even though the NFC is the lesser conference, the Lions were mostly healthy this year. They got their the book is going to be out on their rookies. They've mm-hmm. got to worry about keeping guys. They've got to restructure their secondary. They've got guys that are going to get paid. There's going to be movement in their division. There's so much luck that goes your way. And unless you're Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, or one of the Eagles or Niners where your roster is just, or Joe Burrow coming back. See, I, yeah, I like, look, I don't even think that. I, I think it's really Mahomes and maybe Aaron Rodgers. Like if Aaron Rodgers stays healthy, but that even that with his age and just but you have to have, it's one of the if you have one of the five best quarterbacks in the league, you can always talk yourself into it. Absolutely, as, as good as Goff was this year, and we talked about is he a, you know kind of a top ten quarterback? Top ten is very different from top five. And if you have a top five, or if you have a yeah. one of one in Mahomes or the next tier down in in Jackson, Allen, Burrow, you can convince yourself that we can be back. But if you don't have that guy. Even as good as golf is, and all the weapons you have, you're relying on something so much more intrinsic mm-hmm. that it's it's not as simple as catching lightning in a bottle. But there's so much that lines that has to, that has to line up for everything else to fall in place. And over the course of 19 weeks, it's just not likely. Mm-hmm. And that's a smart man in Dan Campbell understanding that he's not saying we're done, but he's saying. In this moment, understand, gentlemen, understand this feeling, understand where you are, mm-hmm. and appreciate where you are right now because we getting here is not guaranteed. That's right. And he's planting the seeds, I think, for next year. Well, yeah, and the schedule will get tougher because that's the way the that's scheduling the way works. works in the NFL. You're the you know, you're a higher seed in, in the NFC mm-hmm. with your two seed. So it's gonna be a tougher course to get you're to out there. of out of division opponents you do have jared goff yep. and you have a roster where guys are going to you, you have success you're going to go get paid mm-hmm. and dan campbell he understands it he knows it just as good as anybody else because the dude has gone through it before i appreciate that and i i think that this is why more teams will, and guys will want to go and play for him sure then guys that'll look at his fourth down decisions that he made in that no. game which the fourth down decisions, you can sit there and sure blame it on blame it on going for it twice on fourth down. The second fourth down that he went for it on, mm-hmm. they sent they sent a guy in motion to make sure that they got a look and see if they were going to get man or zone. They gave a man look because they rotated uh, over and Jared Goff thought they had man. They ran zone in that and they just fell back and they ran a mesh concept which is getting crossers to try to try to get a rub route there's nobody to rub because they were sitting in, zone. sitting in zone it was it, steve wilkes for all the warts that he has shown uh, at times for san francisco's defense coordinator nails in the second mm-hmm. half nails on that fourth down play because they, sh- they showed more man in the second half mm-hmm. which is something that they're not really comfortable with mm-hmm. and they don't run a whole heck of a lot of and they tried to get San Francisco to tip their hand to see what they were doing defensively, schematically, and it wasn't there. Like, it it wasn't there. They went back to what they do on fourth down. What you do best is what you should do on fourth Mm -hmm. down. And Ben Johnson thought, hey, if we send him, if we have motion, we'll give Jared Goff the clear tip of what's going to happen. It was not it. They disguised it perfectly. They sat back. It was a phenomenal play on fourth down because 
Goff had nowhere to go with that fourth down. That was, it's not just going for it on fourth down. It's players got to make the plays, right? And the players have to make the plays and coordinators got to make the right calls in those situations. Mesh, not a great concept to run when you're going against zone like that, especially zone blitz where they're going to bring pressure off the edge and they're going to flush Jared Goff out, right? Also, on top of that, Josh Reynolds, two massive drops. Mm -hmm. Jameer Gibbs, massive fumble. You could put this, I put this more on the pressure and the magnitude of that game. Lack of execution as opposed to decision-making. They puckered up. They puckered up in that fourth quarter because they had everything going right for them in that first half. And when it came down to where the rubber meets the road, Detroit did not make those plays. San Francisco did. When you say that's pop- not coaching. That's not Dan Campbell, in my in my opinion. Those fourth down calls help? No, no, no. But I think it's secondary. But also, when you said puckered up, it looked like you really wanted to say sphincter. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what puckers up. It's, well, no, but I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a great word, isn't it? Sure, sphincter. Yeah, no, yeah, sure is. It's, it's, it's just you know. It sure is. It, it has a real connotation to it. Like, yeah. your sphincter will really tighten up when you hear what's uh, coming up on the worst day on the web and how much it costs to get into a circle. We've actually had Danny saying both nipples and sphincter today. Hum, babe. There we go. It's a good day. I even worked sphincter into my, into my toss there for the Big Kahuna. Jeff Russ for the Sports Center update. I hear they got some tasty burgers. It's time for today's worst day on the web. With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Man, that sucks! Well, it's that time of year, that time of year where we all sit around and talk about going to the Super Bowl if we were billionaires. Because it's been a long time since regular fans could ever go to the Super Bowl. It's yeah. been at least, at least, what, 15 years? Since an average fan could... Not even an average fan. Like, a, a well-off fan could go to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't... I don't get who goes to these games anymore because the the normal fan, they get price gouged, which is usually later than this. This is historically early. Yeah, no. So the secondary market prices are hitting it right now. The lowest that I've seen across the uh, different services, without giving them names, uh, looks to be just under seven thousand up sixty six hundred. Lowest priced get in the door secondary market sixty six hundred dollars. And I bet you it's a probably a obstructed view, top of the building seat. That is wild to and, think about. And look, this is obviously highlighted because Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. It's going to be absolute mayhem down mm-hmm. there. Do you see where they're putting the media? Well, I saw where they're putting the teams twenty five miles off the strip. Well, that'll save them from having any of them gamble. Uh, sure, in Henderson is that where they're going to be at? Yeah, they're at the uh, uh, Las Vegas Lake Resort. Mm. Is one of them, and then the other one's like on the other side. Uh, it's on the nice. n- north side. Like they're really, really nice resorts. Like they're 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 meant to be what they are. Perfect off strip resorts where you can gamble. Um, <laughs> but the media will be at the Luxor, which apparently is, the is now Dorito chip. It, yes, it is now. They have like a Dorito chip on the side of the building. It's literally turned into a Dorito chip, and the Luxor for those of their own, which wanna, is pretty is, fitting is the for media. It's pretty fitting yeah. for media. It's walking distance to the to the it's stadium. Literally right, right next door. So that is that's fantastic that the NFL is is making the media stay in a Dorito chip. But because that's as good as you're going to eat. Down Twenty is sixty six hundred dollars just to get in the door. Get in the door for one ticket. Yes, eighty eight thousand for the most expensive secondary market. That is so egregious on so many levels. Like 
And I get it. Like, what the NFL has done is they've made it into this corporate event, and they can charge whatever they want mm-hmm. because people will just say it's a business expense yeah. at this point. And it's not it's not for fans anymore. It hasn't, it it hasn't, hasn't been, been for fans for, for, for years. Like, 15 years. But that, just to get in the door, what's the most expensive ticket that they have? $88,000. $88,000? A little bit less than you and I make it Who is buying these? Who is buying a... Amazon. Are you kidding? Oh, I should say Amazon executives. Good lord! It, At what point do you th- like? Does the NFL ever circle back and say, "Wait a minute, maybe we 15, should think 000, about fans? fifteen thousand fan tickets for fans"? No. no, yeah, they don't do that at all. No, they don't care. That's ridiculous. Especially with how much money they're going to get. Like you know, they have they have this TV deal. Like when the next one comes up, and we kind of understand where the streaming markets are and everything else. It's it's just gonna keep going, boy. It's really nice of the fans to like give away tickets to kids and stuff. Have you have you seen that? I've watched a Today Show the other day, and they're like, "Hey, this little young little Commanders fan who's, you know, you just like went through this horrific tragedy in your you life. lost both your hands. You, you get to go to the Super Bowl with your yeah. family, and the kid's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like the Commanders will never obviously be there, but yeah, he, he gets to go with his family now. It's like, dude, that's like a sixty thousand dollar investment." More than that, like huh. those tickets. Well, and then the hotel prices. And to throw this on change. top of there, uh, the uh, one-way airfare. I, I have a friend in Los Angeles who's going to work the Super Bowl as, as a vendor, and he sent me the screenshot of each one-way fare the day before the Super Bowl to get in, and then the day after the Super Bowl leaving. It is seventeen hundred like ninety-seven in, and like sixteen fifty-eight on the way out from L.A. A less than one-hour flight. You're kidding yeah. me. So he's like, I think he told me it's like $3,300 or $3,200 worth of airfare for an hour flight from LAX to Las Vegas Airport. Dang. Uh, American Airlines has created a couple of uh, direct flights from uh, Kansas City to Vegas for the Super Bowl. And uh, of course, the return flight, the, uh, the flight number of the one from Kansas City to Vegas. 1989. Ooh, Taylor Swift's birthday. Mm-hmm. And the flight number for the return trip back to Kansas City, 87. Oh, I see what they did there. Hopefully it's how many points that they both lose by. I, I see what they did there. That's Travis Kelsey's number. Mm-hmm. So it's a Travis Kelsey flight deal. Oh, do we a have a do we, do, do we have a, a Taylor Travis like name mashup yet? Like Brangelina? Uh no, it's just Taylor's boyfriend, right? It's right. Taylor and her boyfriend. Swift Swiftsy? Uh see that doesn't work. Kel Swift? Ta- Tavis? No. Tavis? <laughs> David Davis just sounds like a parent got stuck in between yeah. Taylor and Travis. Like, ah, or they're from Arkansas. Uh, no, I don't think yeah. we do. Like Tay Trey. Hmm. Kellift. <laughs> it's pretty That's close the, to George Karloftis. Carl- so yeah. he's an edge rusher for him. Yeah. Fumble recovery. Uh, tra- trailer. <laughs> it's trailer. It's tra- oh, is it it's trailer? Yeah. Oh, that's what it should be. Yeah, trailer. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, shout out the Vancouver Ford text line. Um, this is actually something worth considering when you're talking about the prices of this, of this particular Super Bowl. The 49ers being this Super Bowl probably going to drive up prices even higher because they probably have the wealthiest fan base. Well, not maybe the wealthiest fan base because, well, most people in the Bay, in the Bay don't have a ton of money. It's just that they're they're uh, land rich in the sense of mm-hmm. every house in the Bay is worth a bajillion dollars, but nobody else can afford to do anything else. Uh, you do have the corporate sponsors of the mega companies, the you know, Silicon Valley's of the world that are probably buying those tickets because sure. it is the 49ers. You know, I was thinking about this when we were talking about trailer here. Mm. 
the person that is probably the happiest about Taylor Swift dating Travis Kelsey hmm. is Brittany and Jackson Mahomes. The, the, we the, have the, not heard a word about, about those two insufferable relatives also, of Patrick Mahomes. And there's a reason why. It's because Taylor Swift is exponentially a bigger deal. And we always see like Brittany Mahomes important. is right next to her, and I just go, ugh. Every time, but Taylor Swift is like taking all of the heat off of the Mahomes claim. It's not that. You know what it is? It's Taylor Swift and Taylor Swift's PR people saying, if you act a fool, you won't be seen near us. And so, number one, you don't see Jackson unless he's in the deep background. No. Which, again, purposeful. And Brittany can't act a fool and spray fans with freaking champagne. That's right. That's right. They've got to be the two happiest people about this relationship. Because they would just continue to or, be or or they're as inseparable. No, that's I think it's I think it's that is that they have to hate every second of this because no longer do they get any attention, good, bad, or otherwise, and they're relegated to the background. Yeah, they're upset about. Oh, it. I bet you. Oh, yeah. If anybody's going to no, sabotage Brittany, that wedding, Brittany's, it's those two. Brittany's sitting right next to Taylor, like in almost everything, which makes me feel as if like she maybe likes her. True, or she likes being. Associated with the attention. I also have this uh, thought. Energy vampire. I feel very similar to the way that people are like, I don't watch NFL anymore because guys are taking a knee and I'm never going to watch it again. There's people that apparently are taking this stand. With Taylor Swift? Like, I hate Taylor Swift. They show her all the time. One, They don't really show her that much. They don't. Also, but they do, they're showing, look look, again, it's a total dude. They're showing an attractive woman loving her boyfriend playing football and talking a crap ton of ass. No, nah, I just don't think these people exist. I, I don't like, they're, like, like how they're, could you not enjoy that? There's stupid people on the internet that say, but those aren't real people. I mean, I mean you you this they're like, "Oh, overwhelmingly people are saying it's not No, they're not. I think that's like a few they're people. They're just the loud ones. Like, "I'm sick of it." No, you're not. Taylor Swift is, is the kind of woman who like, Why a, would it make you that mad like 5 seconds out of your life? It's well, the people that look for something to get upset about. You I'm get sure. so much joy out of your other 5 seconds, but th- th- this 5 yeah. seconds is the one that's going to be disruptive to you. Come but on, I mean, man. Taylor Swift if if she wasn't Taylor Swift is the kind of guy the camera guy would cut to and a particular college football sports announcer would be would question uh how attractive she is. Ooh, we need Brent Musburger. Who lives in Vegas? Just saying. Brent Musburger. Look, lives if Taylor in Vegas. Swift wasn't Ooh. as famous as Taylor Swift was, and she was all done up like she has been for some of these games, and the camera cut to her, Musburger's saying something inappropriate. Probably. Okay. So what's the difference? Because she's the most famous woman on the planet. It's because they're jelly. They're just jealous. I've gone from like not really knowing many Taylor Swift songs. Like I know I know songs, but didn't know they were her. To in- actually enjoying the fact that she's there because. I don't think you can fake that, like actually giving a damn. I don't really know that much of her catalog either, but I just shake it off. God, if there wasn't two windows, so help me God, I'd throw something. But you, you know what I mean? Like, she has been into these games. Honestly, I think it's pretty cool. She has been. It was cool to see her on on the field too, with uh, giving a little point from Andy Mer- Andy Reid there, just like hey, got got I've got the got the Travis Taylor kiss on camera too. Uh, oh, the, yeah, oh, you kidding people, me? People Entertainment Week for that. Had, like, all, it just like uh-huh. TMZ. It just flooded the timeline. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the, like this texture, Vancouver Ford text line. Uh, it's mostly a three year Letterman bit, and people fall for it. Yeah, I believe it. It has to be. I believe that it has to be. Like, there's not that many people that are all upset about this. Although, like, get over yourselves. The literal next 
text on the text line is enough, Taylor. Yeah. Well. So. Can't. Maybe not entirely can't shake a bit. these Swifties, man. They're everywhere. <laughs> I thought if you thought you were going to shake it off, too, and I was going to have to hurt you. No. Come on. I don't want it to be a cruel summer. Mm. Okay. Well, I can tell you what. It, uh, the Washington Huskies might have to shake off the fact that they have lost basically everyone. The Oregon Ducks have got another commit into their backfield. Uh, defensively, Dan Lanning has reloaded the Ducks second there. We'll get to that coming up here more on Danny and Dusty, Danny the Fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. Well, the college football transfer calendar just doesn't stop, particularly when your head coach leaves for Alabama. No, I mean, college football does need to rein this in, but the 30-day window for guys to transfer knows no end, man. It's it, As long as jobs keep opening up, that 30-day window is open and guys can come and go through the portal no matter... And timing. What's crazy is you don't see a lot of it with Michigan yet, uh, with Sharon Moore. But every other place, you're seeing the, the mass exodus take place. And even Al- at Alabama, Alabama is not immune to it. Arizona, mm-hmm. San Jose State, mm-hmm. even Washington, which uh, took another big hit this weekend. Yeah, if you look at the Washington roster that ended in the national title game and today, it is there's nothing left. It, I mean, it's bare bones. There's, there's just. Not a single starter will return on yeah. Washington's offense that's, or offense. That's that's insane. All all eleven gone. <clears throat> yeah, like that does you you lose seven, you lose eight, you don't ever lose eleven. Well, Jed Fish alluded to this is going to be like the issue that Washington has this year, and he was like, "We're looking at twenty twenty five. Like they they kind of they, know, they know like it is going to be a longer play because of one. This past year was a special run at UW. They had not recruited. They did not backfill behind it, no. And, you know, Kalen DeBoer just went, deuces, I'm out. Parlayed into the Bama gig, and good for him. He's won everywhere he's gone Mm -hmm. and got you on the cusp of a national championship. But now you are dealing with the fallout of it. And And the Oregon Ducks are sliding in to capitalize. And Jabbar Muhammad, uh, the corner who's a transfer from Oklahoma State that they got Mm -hmm. last year, started and did a good job. He was a little bit streaky. um, When he's good, he's really good. He's really damn good. And now... He swoops in and committed to Oregon over the weekend. And now you're looking at, look, the secondary is now revamped at, at Oregon. And you lose Kyrie Jackson, you lose Evan Williams. But what they were able to bring in to kind of backfill their roster with, and they also lost Steve Stevens as well. You have Taishi Johnson, who's returning. Jalil Florence and Dante Manning are, are returning as well, who played significant time. But then through the portal, they solidified their safety with Kansas State safety, uh, Kobe Savage, who mm-hmm. comes over. Jabbar Muhammad is going to lock down one side of the field um, at a starting corner. And now you also have Cam Alexander, the Texas San Antonio uh, former corner, who's going to be a rotational guy, most likely. He he could vie for that starting job, though. And then Brandon uh, Johnson, the Duke transfer, who they brought in to be the slot nickel corner for them. They revamped their secondary. Boom. Like that, real quick. You had three big holes to fill, and through the transfer portal, you were able to do it. And I, for everybody that knocks the transfer portal, you knock it until your team benefits from it. <laughs> that's the damn. That's the damn truth about it. Well, yeah. 
And oh, in the transfer portal, you know, we got we to really put some rails around. Well, we don't need to put rails around Washington. So we, we know, we, we like what things are. And, you know, and I'm not saying Oregon's saying that. I'm saying in general, it's, you know, nobody likes the transfer portal until you, you know, fill up your entire secondary. You have, <laughs> you have got to be active in the portal. Like, that, that's what it that's is. That's what it is. You want to build through recruiting and build your base of your roster through recruiting. You need to backfill your holes through the portal. And, and your Oregon reinforce. did an exquisite job of it this, this year. Think of it. Dylan Gabriel, Dante Moore at quarterback. Secondary, you had three holes that you needed to fill. Mm-hmm. They went and they filled all, all three of them. You go and you get Evan Stewart uh, at a Texas A&M. Now you have you replaced your game-breaking wide receiver in Troy Franklin mm-hmm. with another game-breaking wide receiver in Evan Stewart. They are, they're doing a great job of recruiting forward, but also backfilling their roster through the portal. It is... It, it's really hard to do, man. It, it is really... And it's not solely NIL that gets you to that point. It no. is one thing that Lanning has always kind of preached, and if you want to listen to what he's actually said, it is recruiting is about building relationships. Mm-hmm. You keep those relationships after so they leave, and you them. circle back. Mm-hmm. Right? That's most, why it's so important to get guys in the building. Most of these guys, at some point, have had contact with coaches mm-hmm. on the Oregon staff through the recruiting process that they're now cycling back to, right? Marshall Malchow, who's director of football ops, he was at Texas A&M. Evan Stewart from Texas A&M. You have uh, Cam Alexander from Texas San Antonio. Will Stein came from Texas San Antonio, right? You have these connections and these relationships that you build, and it's no secret that you go back and you revisit those when those guys enter the portal. It is, and that's, that's just how this works. And until there's forced, you know, guardrails put around that stuff that uh, I don't even say prohibit said communications, because what'll happen is that it'll go behind the scenes like it was, mm-hmm. and we all we all know it was. But this is just how this is going to go, and you have to not only build your own, but you have to protect and reinforce your own. That's just the nature of where this was always going, whether it was in the the bright lights. Or done in the background. Mm-hmm. So you, the Ducks doing this, they're doing exactly what they should be doing. What? Hitting the portal hard? Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, absolutely. Capitalizing no matter where it is, when it is, when those opportunities strike. Not only that, you're, you're taking, particularly if for all of the, you know, uh, talk among fans of, you know, we don't want your players, da, 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 anytime you can weaken a rival, absolutely. <laughs> Not number one, getting it, one of their better players yeah, helps. Number one, weakening rival. Number two, driving up that that hatred and that that rivalry. Well, I'll tell you right now, like it's no secret. You sit there and you look at it. Dan Lanning said it to everybody. Said it to the entire world when he released a video that said, "If you're scared of your coach leaving, come play for Oregon." Kalen DeBoer left. He's Jawar Muhammad's now at Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> one year rental hired guns it's the way that it is and like there is a little bit of me that you don't like like i like a world where somebody that plays for washington will never in a million years go and play for oregon mm-hmm. that there is something that that that's what college football is and that's what college football should be but it's also like adds a layer to the rivalry amongst when fans you because do. There's a lot of Husky fans not too happy with Jabbar Muhammad. Oh, are you kidding me? Go, go read his his commitment tweet. God damn! 
It's it gets spicy into there real quick. Moik Ayante. But they don't hate they don't hate Oregon as or the players, they don't hate Oregon as much as the Washington fans do, just like the Oregon players, they don't hate Washington as much as the Oregon fans do. Look, if the opportunity opened if, if the shoe was on the other foot, do you think guys would be taking a drive up to Seattle? Yeah, they would. Yeah. Yeah, they would. Yeah. If things were reversed and kind of stuff happens. Oregon yeah. was in the situation that Washington's in right now. Yeah, absolutely. The now comes the hard part though of when you have when you go and you get such important positions, like Oregon is revamping their entire secondary, right? You got brand new quarterback. You are mostly your skills are are kind of set and, and most of them are coming back, but you add Evan Stewart, who's gonna be a focal point of your receiving core. Spring ball, the magnitude of spring ball has amplified across the country because of this. The transfer portal opens and it will open up again after spring ball ends. What you have to do is you have to make sure that you have hit on those positions of need and you build chemistry and continuity because that is so hard to do in such a short time. Think of how long it takes to get on the same page if if you're a corner handing guys off in coverage and if you're a receiver and a quarterback on those timing routes. It is so it's so much work that goes into it in the offseason. And now you have this window where you got to go, all right, everything is amplified a little bit more because you got to make sure that this stuff works in short order because when the portal opens again and somebody's looking over their short shoulder, the guys that have been there, they're probably going to be like, I'm out now. Like I, I I'm going to do what's best for me and my playing time because you bring in the, bring in other guys, you bring in the hired guns and they're here to replace me. So they're probably going to leave too. So you have to make sure you hit it out of the park and still develop the other positions. Not to be that guy, but spicy is picante. Caliente is more temperature hot. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. There we go. And be careful if you go to try to say something like a estoy caliente, because that means something wildly different. No. No, not at all. It might suggest that your name is Randy. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I am Randy? <laughs> Question mark? Anyway, at, the at the beginning and the end? This is this is all coming back to the pace picante now. Well, no, because mm. you said you said it's you know, oh, I, I know, muy caliente. We, which, we, yeah, we were talking about off air. Which means hot, but you know, temperature hot. Pace picante, salsa, yeah. not being salsa. Nope. It's ketchup. <laughs> No, nothing. Uh, well, I just saw something really. You. Look, I, I, we, we're in the in the, in hour number three. We're going to get into our poll question, but I just saw something very dumb. ESPN is advertising the uh, game tomorrow night or Wednesday night between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Portland Trailblazers, and they say it's a game between Giannis and the Bucks, and on the right, the Trailblazers with yeah, that makes sense. Damian Lillard in a Trailblazers jersey. Yeah, that's not he doesn't play here anymore. No, so I just he plays with Giannis and the Bucks. Yeah. yeah. Let me tell you about last summer. Yeah. Let me, let me go ahead and grab my T-shirt that Rufio got me. We're going to go back to it was a cruel summer. <laughs> All right. But coming up in hour number three, uh, a question that comes out of the weekend. Uh, there's two winners, but there's two losers. Who had the bigger letdown this weekend, the Baltimore Ravens or the Detroit Lions? Come up here on Danny and Dusty, 1080 The Fan.